Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is, and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. to a rare Monday evening edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So we had to do a Monday show this week because I've got uh, uh, got some comedy stuff i got to do Wednesday. So yeah, we're getting it a little bit early this week, which that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it, Monday, I don't know about you, but Monday is usually the night that I'm just kind of at home not doing much of anything, so... Yeah, when you threw out the idea of Monday, it was it was a no brainer. Yeah, no, Monday is normally my night off, but uh, I'll 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 sacrifice a night off tonight for Nerd Cave Retro. Yeah, yeah. You you look like you're uh, for those watching the video version. You look <laughs> like you're you're making an important deal in the back room of a club. I yeah, love the lighting. I've been playing with the lighting here at uh, Casa de Funktastic, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks like I'm about to uh, you know pull down a big drug deal or something in the back of the club. Uh, the the blue really like it's a nice accent on your your brick background so yeah, uh, I, I dig like it. it i might keep it for a while yeah that you nice should little purple hue to everything yeah yeah i dig it but uh how has your week been not too bad uh, i was really getting settled in you know with the new job and everything i finally feel like i'm not exhausted after my my bout with the uh the omnicron <laughs> The, the reject transformer, as I like to call it. Yeah, um, yeah just, you know, kind of getting settled back into normal routine now that, you know, we're well past the holidays now. And 
getting ready for for Pensacon in a few weeks. So we'll uh, I, I put in our show notes the panel details so we can mm-hmm. we can talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But other than that, been uh, been pretty low key week. Um, started playing the the Darkwing Duck for the NES. I took advantage of the. Uh, Disney afternoon collection that's on the PlayStation store. I got it for five bucks. So uh, that shout out to to Rampage for mentioning that in the discord chat. So I think I might uh, review that next week. I've I've actually been been enjoying it quite a bit. That's awesome. I I would like to actually uh, play that too. So um, maybe if you want to have we reviewed Darkwing Duck before? We have not. No, I went back in the archives and looked and sure enough, we have not. I might have to uh, play that this weekend, and uh, maybe we could review it sometime. Yeah, soon. yeah. No, it's um, it has I think four or five games on it, and it's I don't know if it's still on sale, but I got it for five bucks. So okay. it has uh, Darkwing Duck, Ducktales, Ducktales Two, I think Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. Maybe we should do uh, so- Disney Afternoon Month and cover all the games we haven't covered. From the Disney afternoon. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good idea. I like that. That's a good idea. Because I love those Disney games. And I've other than DuckTales, I'd never played any of them. So it's been fun for me to you know, go back and, and see what I missed. Yeah, this Which is, nice... is what I, one of the things I like the most about doing the show. Yeah, there's a nice uh, um, speedrun community for the, uh, the Chippendales Rescue Rangers I'd, I'd like to get in on. But I am not good at that game at all. <laughs> It's weird because like I, I never pictured myself going through a Disney phase when it comes to retro games, but I've even kind of been wanting to play the old Aladdin and Lion King games for you know the SNES and Sega Genesis because I know they have the the combo pack that you can get on the PlayStation Store and I believe you can get it on the Switch as well. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, those uh, those old Disney Capcom games back in the day, the Nintendo Super Nintendo, those were some hard games, man. Yes, yeah, what I've heard. I, I remember playing the Toy Story one, but never, never played Aladdin or Lion King. You should review that. Oh, Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to find a copy of it somewhere. I don't know because I don't know if you can get it like online or anywhere. So yeah, maybe I'll find a ROM of it somewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 maybe, maybe a little, little ROM action. Yeah. If you don't want us to play ROMs, Nintendo, then give us a way to play these games an easier way. Cause I would gladly pay a small fee to play it on the switch or the PlayStation. I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a retro game today. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, this week, I uh, haven't played too much except uh, some Loop Hero, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I, we were talking about before the uh, the show, uh, I was out of town all day yesterday, and uh, we got back into town late last night and sat down on the couch, Was went to went, I pulled out my Switch and went to play some Loop Hero, and it was out of battery, out of power, and so I was too lazy to go dock it and play it on the TV, so I did not play last night. That's always when it happens. Whenever you get home from, yeah. you know, like being gone all day, you're like, I just want to lay on the couch and play the Switch. What I need you to turn do, on you. I just you see that to... little battery logo, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> I need to get a dock for upstairs and a dock for downstairs. So. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. 
sort of like, you know, when you get older, you have like upstairs Tums and downstairs Tums. <laughs> <laughs> uh unfortunately i know what you mean yeah you you kids wait till you hit 30 and you'll uh you'll know what we're talking about yeah exactly but, <laughs> you ready to go into the news this evening yes sir news stories come to us from uh, I Am The Rampage and Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. First story up tonight is from IGN.com. Nintendo Switch's latest update appears to improve N64 emulation and The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, let's see. As reported by VGC and noticed by those like at Oatmeal Dome, Ocarina of Time on Nintendo Switch Online suffered not from not only input lag and audio delay, but also graphical issues that caused certain scenes like the Water Temple's Dark Link fight to look worse than previous versions of the game. Uh, let's see. The pre-update version. There, yeah, they got a picture here. You can actually see the differences. Um, the, uh... The pre-update and the new version on the right, so you can see the graphical updates that they've done. Um, let's see. Uh, the NSO64 emulator is based on the Wii U Virtual Console emulator, which includes specific graphics display functions per game inside it. But in an attempt to make more games work, it was decided to remove these functions from the emulator and attempt to have a way to configure the graphics through external means like configuration files. This was specifically done for NSO, and their in, in their attempt of doing so, they clearly broke graphics emulation in the process and possibly didn't have enough time to fix it. But now it has been fixed. So what do you think? Do you think they're actually paying attention and getting better at their emulation services? Well, there's a, also another solution that they didn't mention, and that is check it before you release it and make sure it works properly before you put it out there to the masses. Yeah. I mean, I give them credit for going back and fixing it. It does look better because you look at the side-by-side -side comparison. The one on the left honestly looks like pre-rendered graphics mm -hmm. in a 3D, you know, uh, vector program or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But why? I don't get why you would put out a bad product like that just because almost for the sake they didn't think anybody was going to notice that's but it's so noticeable though <laughs> oh i know especially with the input lag like i I, yeah. I haven't played any of these games yet because i i just still don't see the point in spending an extra 30 bucks but from the videos i saw i mean you would see them pressing like a jump button and then a full second would go by before Link would jump on the screen. You can't play like that. No, not at all. I, like I said, I, I give them credit for going back and fixing it. And we do get Banjo-Kazooie this month. Mm -hmm. And then Majora's Mask comes out in February, which are both really good games, but I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say it. <laughs> I have these games on other consoles. I have an N64 with all those games. If I want to play them, I'll just plug up my N64. I'm not going to pay extra money for bad emulation. Yeah. 
Because the thing is, I mean, I know they're concentrating on the N64 right now as far as uh, the stuff they want to put out for Nintendo Switch Online. But if you want to keep... If you, I, I say if you wanted $50 from me, release like 80% of the NES library, you know, most of the Super Nintendo library. Because that, I mean, you could literally... I have, I have a memory stick that's like four gigs, and it's got every single Super Nintendo game on it. Four gigs, and every single Super Nintendo game on it. Don't tell me you don't have the resources to put all these games. Get on the horn and get your licensing deals done. Get all these games back out. If you want my extra $30 a month, that's what you're going to have to do. And give me online play that's not laggy. Or, you know, be able to play, you know, whatever, like uh, two-player, three-player, four-player games. Especially when it comes to the N64. Let me play with three other people. Um, play GoldenEye. You know, that's what I want. That's what I want you to be able to give me, Nintendo. The thing that also worries me is, yes, they're paying a lot of attention to the N64 side of things now. But eventually they'll start focusing more on the Genesis. Then when they add GameCube games, they'll focus on that. And we've seen what's happened with the NES and SNES titles. Yeah, they get bored. They've, they've, they've pretty much been forgotten about. Pretty much. And yeah. I think the same thing will happen to the N64. Yeah, eventually. It, I just don't understand how you can have such a great virtual console in the Wii and not use that model. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the it was there. You had it. You you had the infrastructure. Why did you get rid of it? Uh, I don't know. It's I I like to like I like Nintendo. I know we've been accused of being Nintendo fanboys hmm. as as Every we've day. seen on on, tw- <laughs> on Twitter lately, but. I mean, th- this I can't defend them on. Oh, like, it, I, it's just been, it's been a bad model for the start. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, me and Derek did about 30 minutes on the uh, Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I got taken to task by pretty much everybody. Like, you watch three years from now, uh, and probably won't even be that long. Whenever this deal goes through, we'll see that I'm right on a lot of this stuff. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to make you all listen to this episode again or the last week's episode again. And then you're going to tell me you're sorry. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, they say it, but they keep coming back to listen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like my takes, start your own show. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, I, I, then I can go on Twitter and make fun of you. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you can't pay for that type of content. Oh, I know. Be- <laughs> uh, our next story comes to us from NintendoEverything.com. Kung Fu Kickball gets new February release date. Uh, Whale Food Games confirms its availability for February 10th. Uh, here's some information about the game. Dash into the arena and prepare for kick-filled matches fusing intense martial arts with high-speed sports ball. Train with five martial arts masters with specialized fighting styles on six different stages. Strike, block, and headbutt the ball and other challengers to make legendary plays for the enemy's goal bell. 
I want to play this game. <laughs> no, sounds you, fun. You've, you've sold me on it. <laughs> I like the graphics. It looks like, you know, like high def Super Nintendo. I love the name Kung Fu Kickball. Comes out February 10th. I'm going to get this game. I'll be completely this, honest. Like, I'm already sold on it. I'm sold on it, but is it really going to be a $20 game? That seems yeah, a lot. It, yeah, it says here it'll be sold digitally for Switch via the eShop at a price point of $19.99. That might be a little pricey. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, maybe they'll have a demo and I can play. Yeah. Yeah, February 10th, Kung Fu Kickball. I, I love that it says, uh, let me find the, the sentence again. I love that oh, it has that Kung Fu Heroes kind of uh, grab, like look to it, that, that art style. Yeah, I love the sentence, kick-filled matches fusing intense martial arts with high-speed sports ball. That sounds like a term that, like... I mean, I'm M1, so I can say it, but nerds in high school that don't know anything about like football or baseball, like, oh, it's the sports ball. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. It yeah, looks really I think it's fun. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sold on it. Like just by that one paragraph alone, I yeah. want to play it. <laughs> whoever this came will up probably with, be. My, whoever came up with that is a genius. This will probably be my loop hero. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Hello there, Bethany Fox. Glad you could join us in this. Hey, chat. welcome, Bethany Fox. Uh, let's see. Next story comes from NintendoLife.com. Konami sold this Castlevania pixel art for over $26,000 in its memorial NFT auction. Whether you love or hate NFTs and gaming, it seems some companies are intent on monopolizing on this new trend. Uh, Konami, who decided to celebrate Castlevania's 35th anniversary, with a special Konami NFT Memorial, Memorial Collection auction, it's now sold off all 14 unique artworks, which consisted of game scenes, VGMs, and drawn visuals, and managed to bank $162,000 in total. Uh, sale took place on OpenSea, a marketplace where NFT artwork goes for the average price of around 12k. What do you think about this whole NFT? thing with video games i i just don't get it so to be perfectly honest i don't really know anything about nfts so i can't really say much on the subject other than like the the picture that they show in the article it looks really cool like whoever yeah. put it together did a fantastic job and i think it'd be a great collector's item i ain't paying 26 grand for it though <laughs> Yeah, but I don't like. I don't understand NFTs because it's not like you can show it off. Yeah, like you could put a JPEG of it on your your Twitter and be like, "Hey, I own this." Okay, <laughs> why? Like this, you know, this Castlevania thing specifically. Like this will be something I'd want to like frame and hang up in my house. Yeah, this looks like a really have it on cool, display. Really cool poster of this uh, Castlevania Dracula, Dracula's Castle pixel yeah. art. Uh, it's got the whole um, Castlevania map on it with all the different enemies around and everything. And it's really cool looking. Like I would love to have this as sort of like a uh, a shadow box art type of thing. Yeah, no, it, it would look really cool that way. Also, shout out to Rampage, Rampage, who has joined us in the chat. Rampage. Yeah, I, I just, and maybe it's me showing my age, but I have not 
gotten on the NFT bandwagon. It's weird because when I pre-order my tickets for Spider-Man for opening night, it came with a Spider-Man NFT. Yeah. But I didn't even bother to look at what it was because I'm like, what? what is what is this? <laughs> I, I see it on Twitter, especially a lot now with a lot of things. But I just I haven't bothered to look up really what it is. And I should. Because it's sort of like the way it seems to me, the way it sounds to me, like the way NFTs work, that it's like, yeah, anybody can, you know, download the JPEG but you're the one that basically has a receipt that says, yeah, I own this. Like, and then what? It's yeah. like you own a, a receipt. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. I love this line at the end of the article. If you do feel like you've missed out, you can always head over to Google, search for some Castlevania artwork and make it your screen. <laughs> exactly. Wallpaper. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's what I mean. You just make it your screens wallpaper. And, uh, you didn't have to pay $26,000 for it. I just don't get how you could pay that kind of money for a JPEG. I, I don't know. I don't get it. It's weird. It's weird. Can we just admit it's weird? It, it is very weird. I know we probably got some like NFT people listening right now that are really mad at us for talking about this, but is it? it's weird. You, well, you got to admit well, it's he- weird. We'll hear about it on Twitter this I'm week. Sure, I'm sure Wally will be like, hey, NFTs are the greatest thing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and you're if, wrong, sir. If anything, he would do it just to spite you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Welcome to 22 years of us knowing one another. Uh, it makes for good for good Twitter content, though. Every time I get a notification of Wally tagging nerd cave retro on twitter i just don't even have to read it and i'm just like oh boy here we yeah. go oh this next story uh, oh <laughs> i've been wanting to i've been wanting to talk about this since last week from nintendolife.com logan paul got scammed to the tune of three and a half million dollars on fake pokemon trading cards if you follow the pokemon trading card scene you might have heard recently how the youtuber logan paul managed to get his hands what was apparently the only known sealed box of first edition base set Pokemon cards. He forked out a whopping three and a half million for the lot. And well, it turned out he got scammed after concerns were raised about the authenticity of the cards by the Pokemon TGC cup community. Paul decided to unbox the card packs with the help of some experts only to discover they were filled with GI Joe trading cards. Honestly, and I'd rather the- have the GI Joe trading cards, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, depending on you know, not, what 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 generation you're from, I wouldn't pay three point five million dollars for them. No, but I mean, Logan Paul, like that's that's like change yeah. to him. Like he's probably made that back already. Uh, but he wrote, uh, "I'm a super positive person, bro, and I'll always be the one to look on the bright side. And I'm trying, but this is very hard. It's just so sad for all parties involved. It's sad for the Pokemon community." Like how many fraudulent things are out there? I'm grateful for the things I have that are real now. I'm picturing my Charizard in my head. (laughs) Something real, something worth a lot of money that is real. Damn, bro. I just went from 11 first edition boxes to five. We got effed. Mm. End of story. On one hand, I feel bad for him because like he legitimately got scammed. Yeah. I mean, I do feel bad for him, but then again, I don't because, like you said, he's probably already made that money back. So yeah, three and a 
$3.5 million to him is like, you know, a hundred bucks to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just shows still that, you know, you got to be really careful with what you buy online and where you buy it because somebody out there is always trying to scam someone. What I don't understand is like these people went and actually put these GI Joe cards back in those wrappers and sealed them back up or, or, did or actually did they okay i see that they're in gi joe card packs so did they just put it in the pokemon how did they get it inside the pokemon box and seal it back up probably just very thorough boxing and unboxing Hmm. if i had to guess that's crazy i mean that's that's how a lot of people make their living i'd be so mad people I mean, oh, I'd be livid. <laughs> I would find the person that did this and it would be like it'd be like the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> uh I would fight them like Peter and the giant chicken from yeah, Family Guy. Exactly. Just all over the place. Oh man. Poor Logan Paul. Yeah. Yeah, good to know he's a Pokemon fan though. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I don't know much about Pokemon, but yeah, yeah, oh well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this last story comes from GameInformer.com. 34 Raven Software uh, QA employees unionize after weeks of striking. Uh, nearly three dozen Raven Software employees have agreed to form a union. Announced in a press release, this union is called the Game Workers Alliance Union and is part of the larger Communication Workers of America Collective. This new union is asking Activision Blizzard which will be acquired by Microsoft at the end of the fiscal year 2023, to voluntarily recognize the union without hesitation. Um, Today, I am proud to join with supermajority of my fellow workers to build our union, Game Workers Alliance, um, Raven QA QA Functional Tester 2, Becca Agner, writes in a press release. In the video game industry, specifically Raven QA, people are passionate about their jobs and the content they are creating. We want to make sure that the passion from these workers is accurately reflected in our workplace and the content we make. Our union is how our collective voices can be heard by leadership. Um, so what do you think about uh, these? Do you think this is going to be the, this is the beginning of something um, as far as unionization of video game um, programmers, workers, etc.? Because I feel like this has been something that's kind of been in brewing for a long time. And honestly, I mean, I don't have anything against unions because these poor people, I mean, you read about things like crunch time and all that kind of stuff. And these people are just being worked to death. And I think that it's high time they start getting their due. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think it, it'll definitely be something to pay attention to, um, not just through this year, but in the coming years. You know, this could be something that we look back on three, five years from now at the start of unionization in video game employees. I think like I think this is going to be the beginning because if Microsoft recognizes it and they're no longer under the uh, tyranny of Activision Blizzard, uh, these comp- these employees are, are probably going to go ahead and unionize. And I think that'd be a good thing for the industry, honestly. Yeah. No, like you said, as, as many hours and, you know, energy and how much sweat and tears they pour into their, into their work, they deserve to get something for it. Exactly. 
Um, but that's going to do it for uh, the news this week. You ready to go into this month in video game history? Sure. In January of 1981, Atari Computer Magazine Analog Computing begins nine years of publication. Most issues include at least one basic game and one machine language game. This, if you click on the article, there's a really cool cover of the June uh, 1986 edition. Mm-hmm. It says Atari in the home, a piece of cake. <laughs> See it actually, it actually, it, it's a cake <laughs> that looks like an Atari. And I think that looks really cool. They were 30 years ahead of their time with the whole cake that looks like <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guy, I've that phase was on social media for like five minutes and then it just completely went away. It was weird. I, I never knew of this magazine, you know, like I, I always think of Nintendo Power as like the the pinnacle of video game magazines yeah. back in the day. So let, let me ask you, what what were your what were your go to gaming magazines back in the day? Were you just a um, Nintendo Power guy or well, did you read more? Well, yeah, of course, Nintendo Power. And I used to get uh, Game Pro and Electronic Gaming Monthly. And occasionally I would pick up like just a a random like computer magazine or something, you know, not like Omni or, you know, anything that featured computers or something, you know. Yeah, Nintendo Power and Electronic Gaming Monthly were my go-tos. Like that's how I got all my gaming news, how I found out what was coming out. And I always liked Electronic Gaming Monthly because you felt like you got your money's worth with that magazine because it was always like thick and it covered everything yeah like it covered all consoles like you know nintendo power was great if you wanted to know just the nintendo side of things but you know as i started getting into sega genesis and then playstation electronic gaming monthly was was kind of the way to go though i still nintendo power will probably always be my number one just for the sentimental value of it but egm was such a great magazine yeah, I mean, they would cover, like you said, uh, Nintendo, Sega. They would do Neo Geo stuff. They would cover ar- the stuff coming out in the arcades. They would cover computer games. I mean, it was everything in one magazine. That's why each issue was like, you know, an inch thick. And, yeah. I, man, I was so happy every every month or every other month that, that it was published. I was like, oh, it's time for Electronic Gaming Monthly. That was that was a lot of toilet reading. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And... and- you you were justified in paying like full price for that magazine because oh, you yeah. just got so much was I, in each issue. I think they were they were roughly about what seven eight dollars an issue or something like that. Yeah, back then I can't really remember how much. I remember they were expensive, at, mm-hmm. even at the time. But man, you would just get your money's worth. Absolutely. January 13th of 1982, Midway releases Miss Pac-Man, despite it being copyrighted as 1981. It is, as the name suggests, the sequel to Pac-Man, but was created without Namco's authorization. They also released Baby Pac-Man and Pac-Man Plus without Namco's authorization later in the year. The former is a pinball slash video game hybrid, which I know we've talked about before. Miss Pac-Man, probably more popular than the original. I was going to say, do you can you think of any other game where it was created without permission? Like, it was complete copyright infringement. 
had nothing to do with the original game, but became more popular than the original game. So then the owners of the original game, instead of suing, just bought the property. Like, has there ever been any other time in video game history that that's happened? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. But that's a great trivia question, though. That we, I'm going to have to look that up because, because yeah, I mean, Miss Pac-Man, how often do you see a Pac-Man machine these days? But you go into yeah. any pizzeria in America and you're 99% of the time you're going to see a Miss Pac-Man machine. It's got to be, I think, top three most iconic arcade games of all time. I'll be honest. I think Miss Pac-Man is way more iconic than Pac-Man. Oh, 100% agree. For what you just mentioned, how, like, if you go into an arcade, you're going to see a Miss Pac-Man machine, not original Pac-Man. Yeah, you rarely see any just regular Pac-Man machines. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, where am I at? Oh, here we go. Uh, January 24th of 1984, Apple Inc. announces the original 128K floppy disk only Macintosh. Ooh, that whole big 128K, son. Right, man. <laughs> you could store a whole, like, five-second MP3 with that. Not even that. <laughs> like, not even a JPEG. You, you couldn't save anything on that now. Maybe like a low-quality JPEG. Yeah. You could put a couple of those on there. Oh, man, look at this beauty. Look at that I, beauty. I'm, I'm a sucker for... 80s computers and 80s technology. Just like I, I love the look of it. Look at Steve Jobs back in 1984. Man, that head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that mouse, oh, like, the the whole the whole thing. That is the most comfortable looking mouse I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I know, it, right? Be like holding a brick. Of course, the the rainbow colored apple that's on there. Those yep. that remember the early days of. Of Apple, you know, that was I their logo. I see that logo, and I'm instantly transported back to like the third or fourth grade when we would go to computer class, and we would have the Apple twos. Yeah, I remember at my grandparents' old business back in the early '90s, they they had a a Macintosh computer because I remember that that rainbow colored Apple just mm -hmm. staring me in the face. They need to make anytime some I would look at it retro style, uh, iMacs or MacBooks with the old logos and stuff. I think that would be cool. No, because then I'd want to buy one. Yeah, <laughs> I would get one. <laughs> they would get my money. Yeah, I, I, I would get one too. I'm, in the I'm not even going to lie. I'm in the market for a new iMac Apple. So if you put out one, that's a retro iMac, you got my money. You got, oh, it. that'd be, that'd be sick. Yeah, it would. Let's see. January 21st of 1998, Capcom releases Resident Evil 2 for the PlayStation. One of my favorite games ever. One of these days, I'm going to play through the Resident Evil games. You need to, dude. I can't believe you haven't done it. They used to scare me when I was younger. Oh, Bethany Fox <laughs> brings up a good point, too. Bring back transparent consoles. Yeah, I remember those. I remember they used had like the the transparent N sixty fours. Like you had the green one. I think you had a purple one. They even did it with Game Boy too. Is there anything that says nineties more than transparent stuff? Like why are we so obsessed with transparent things? 
because you got to see the the <laughs> the chips and all the technology yeah. inside of it. Swatches and phones and yeah, consoles, everything. It, it's fun going back and looking at the trends of different. Can you imagine if like, you got an iPhone that was <laughs> transparent? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It would probably scare me, to be honest. <laughs> I just like I'd be so distracted by just looking at everything that's in it that I would never actually use it. You know, I don't know why this makes me think of it, but I, it just makes me think of those old Sports Illustrated commercials back in the 90s. Like, get 12 months of Sports Illustrated for only 38 cents. <laughs> and then you get this, uh, you know, uh, football phone. And you know, they would give you like weird stuff like that, like a football phone or like a a transparent football helmet or something like that weird the starter jacket of your team's choice yeah yeah i remember those man i need to go back and do another stream of like old retro commercials oh that'd be fun that was always fun to do yeah uh let's see here two more we have january 24th 2000 crazy taxi is ported to the sega dreamcast i always like crazy taxi i wish they would bring that back 22 years ago today Wow. It was put on the Sega Dreamcast. I, I saw somebody posted it on Facebook earlier, and I can't remember who it was, but I was like, oh, I put that in gaming history. So, yeah, Crazy Taxi was fun. It, it was one of the few non-Sonic games I had for the Dreamcast. I I liked it. I don't know why they didn't do anything more with it. I wonder if Joey Image has a copy of it for his 18 Dreamcast that he has. I would hope he has one for at least 17 of the 18 copies. Yeah. If he doesn't, <laughs> I might have to, I think I know a, a good birthday present for him. Oh, there you go. Night, Bethany Fox. Uh, you're down under. I know it's probably like, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or something there. So yeah, he, he said he was on his lunch break. Oh yeah. yeah so that's yeah. why he was watching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, Bethany Fox. But the last one. Yep. January 16th of 2001. Mario Tennis is released for the Game Boy Color. Uh, so the cool thing about the Game Boy Color edition, so late in the N64's lifespan, you got this adapter that you plugged into the controller, and you mostly used it for Pokemon Stadium because you could plug in your copy of Red, Blue, or Yellow, and one, you could play the actual Game Boy game on the N64, but you could also port your Pokemon from that game into Pokemon Stadium and use them in tournament battles. 
you could do the same thing with Mario Tennis. So you could create your own character in Mario Tennis. You level them up with their different skills and everything, and then use that same adapter to port them over to the N64 version and use them in, in that game. That's cool. I've it never... Was, it was I'm, really fun. I've never played a Mario Tennis or tennis game ever. Mario Tennis is probably my favorite Mario sports game. Like golf is pretty fun. Uh, I mean, if you count Mario Kart, then I would say that. But I put that as its own separate category. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's a whole separate genre yeah. its own, by itself. I I loved Mario Tennis for N sixty four. It was really underrated game, and also introduced Waluigi. Oh, yeah. For those who may not know. But uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek has some shout outs. Yeah, as always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash Retro for keeping the lights on for us here at the show. We want to shout out Tyler Watson, XBlade07, Daniel Salmon, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Step, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster, and Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Evelyn. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions. And because you've kept us at the $50 level, we'll continue to do fun commentary tracks, which I know we're going to do our commentary track for January uh, in the next few days. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you want to vote on show topics, we post polls every now and then asking what you would like us to review. So if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, email, whichever you prefer, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey guys, we got to tell you about B-Rez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Coup Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight we're going to be talking about... game's got some good music loop hero is an endless rpg slash roguelike slash deck builder <laughs> uh developed by four quarters and published by devolver digital um and if you don't know who devolver digital is um they have made dozens and dozens and dozens of games which i'm not going to uh list right now but <clears throat> it does come out 
Uh, it came out March 4th, 2021 for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux, and it was released on the Nintendo Switch December 9th of 2021. Um, game begins after the world has ended, while the introductory dialogue explaining that an evil lich obliterated reality and all of the things in it. The hero awakens in a small camp on a path and sets out to try and rebuild his world. Along the way, he encounters other survivors who either assist him in trying to reconstruct the world or who, in despair, consider it lost and attack him in an effort to further their own survival. Now, I heard so many people talking about this game last year uh, to a lot of, on a lot of the gaming podcasts that I listened to. And uh, everybody was playing it on Steam. Um, and uh, I didn't even know it had a Switch um, port. Until, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I saw people posting about it on Twitter and <clears throat> I was finally like, you know what, I'm going to give this thing, uh, give it a try because I heard nothing but good things about this game. Soon as I started playing it, it seemed a little bit um, like when you first start playing it, it seems a little bit daunting because there's a lot going on. You start off as... And how do you, how would you describe this? Like, it, there's this little path. It's just you you okay. Well, you got your opening credit scene. Of course, you're talking to you know the lich who destroyed the world, and then you're just you're this little white, very you know like two bit character on this little uh, loop <clears throat> that's like a pathway uh, on your screen. And as you're going around, <clears throat> you're, you you at first you're fighting. Uh, these little blobs, and the little blobs give you uh, weapons and things like that. And the further you go, you start to, um, you do like, it's, it has like a deck building a component to it where um, you kill things and you get these cards and you can place these cards. They, they have different functions. Like you have one card that is like a, a grove and you put that grove on your, um, like on a, a part of your loop and each day that passes and time is constantly passing while you're on this loop you're just endlessly walking around this loop until you either you're almost dead and you make it to your camp and then you can end the game and get to keep all your stuff but if you die while you're on the path you only get to keep like 30% of your loot and and when you get done with your path then you start the 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 middle sections in between your loops where you start to build a community with other survivors. And as you go through your loops, then you start to get more and more resources to build things like, you know, and eat like a cafeteria and a, you know, a graveyard things that, you know, society needs. So Derek, you said you got to play this a, a little bit this week. Um, what have you thought about it so far? Well, it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be because I read little to nothing about it because I wanted to just dive in and see what the hype was about. Because, you know, I know you've talked about it several times on the show and then just in conversations we've had off the air about it. So downloaded it. And I thought the same thing that you mentioned. It was a lot like right at the very beginning. But the good thing is for those who might be thinking of playing the game. You do go through a pretty detailed tutorial that shows you how to do everything, like how to add to the map. You know, yeah. you get to add like different elements to the environment, like meadows or 
you know, pieces of a mountain. Yeah. Um, you, you do add things that you can interact with, such as like, um, one of the cool things is the vampire's mansion. Yeah. And every time you, mm-hmm. if there's an enemy by it and you fight him, then there's a vampire with him. Yeah. And you, the cool you get, thing about you get that, more loot that way. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the things you can add to the map, like you put the vampire mansion on your map. When you fight an enemy that's near that mansion, you get to fight the vampire too. So that's more loot, but it's also, you stand a better chance of getting your ass kicked too. <laughs> so it's kind of like, eh, do I want to put this here? And you can hold on to your cards as well. And if, yeah. you, if you fill up your, your card thing at the bottom, then it'll just, if you get a new card, it'll just get rid of the, you know, the first card there. So you can hold on this stuff if you want to, if you don't want to put it on there. You also get other cards that will destroy something on the map. So, and you have things like, um, you get like, um, rocks and meadows, like you said, and little mountains. And if you put like six mountains in a grid, they'll fuse together and make like a a mountain range. And from that mountain range, uh, Valkyries will fly down from the mountain range and go onto the map and you can fight them too. But if you get like 10, um, you know, rocks in a row, then, uh, a cave will appear on the map with, uh, you know, like, um, trolls or something or whatever they are. And they're really hard to fight. So if you if you you have these cards that you know you can destroy one thing on the map. So if you want to get rid, if you get ten things of rocks and you have that, uh, you know, troll or whatever they are, uh, thing there that pops up on your map, you can actually and you get that card to destroy one thing. You can go and destroy that that little cave that popped up. So you can kind of manage your you know your loop a little bit that way. But there's a lot to it, and there's a, um, you know, you really have to read your cards and see what the benefits are because everything sort of has, everything has a benefit, but it also has a downside too. So it's not like, it's sort of like everything's a balance in the game. So so that that's just kind of one of those things you kind of have to keep, you have to pay attention to when you're putting stuff on your map or, you know, you're trying to use like a card for something like you really want to read it and find out like, okay, well, what, how's this going to benefit me? But also is there a downside to it as well? Yeah. And that, that can be the fun or part of the fun of the game is really like, you know, it's like that old saying, you play the hand that you're dealt yeah. because you, you get the cards at random. Like it's not like a predetermined thing and it's strategizing. Where do you want to place things? And it, the interesting thing about this game is that it's like a combination of so many different types of games. Like I noticed like there's some type of, um, you know, games where cards are involved. Like there's a kingdom hearts game. That's like that. There was a Pokemon trading card game where you, it's like a card based system. It reminded me of elements of that. It also reminds me of the old Sim city game for the super Nintendo, where you place things in certain, in certain areas on the map and depending on where you put them and how many you have together, it completely changes the element and you get things like um, the spider cocoon as well. You place that. And then every so often some spiders will come out and you have to fight them. You get things like 
uh, battlefields, uh, beacons, beacons of light. Mm-hmm. So, so many cool things. So it's, it's not at all what I expected it to be. I know, but uh, Rampage made a, a comment. It says he says sounds like a lot of work. It does, but it's not really like it's very intuitive and very easy to play. But there's like there's a there's an element of there's a deepness to this game that it, it's I can't explain. Like there's just there's so much to the game, but it's so ridiculously easy to play. And I think that's the magic of this game. Yeah, it can, it can be a little intimidating at first, but once you really get the formula down, it's it's pretty easy. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the, the about the, like the graphic style of the game. Like you first start playing it and you see this loop and you're just a little, you know, two bit white, you know, character. Like little it reminded me of an old computer game from like the early nineties. That's what I was gonna say. It's like a. It looks like a really like a, a computer game from like the late eighties, early nineties. Something that would have been on like the Amiga or something like that, or you know, uh, like an old Windows game or something. But then you come across something to fight, and a little window pops up, and it it looks like you know Super Nintendo era Final Fantasy graphics. And that style of, of fighting where, you know, it's it's automatic fighting. You don't have to press anything. Like, it automatically does it. And yeah. um, you just sort of watch things happen. But that's... And then you go in between your loops where you're going and talking to your villagers and stuff like that. And there's a lot of detail in the... Uh, it's like like you said, it's like a... It's like a SimCity type of, of thing where you're building this community with people. Um but yeah, it's uh, it, it's very very interesting game, and I think you, it, if it, it may sound like there's a lot to it, but there's not really, and it's it, it the way the game is set up, it is it, it's very very, um, it, it's one of those games that's sort of like just just one more turn, just one let me do just one more loop, just one more loop, and it's got that kind of gameplay that just sucks you in. Yeah, I noticed that too when I started to play it. I went around the loop like I think three times and I was like, okay, I'll do one more and then I'll be done. <laughs> and then one turned into two, yeah. two turned into three. So it, it's like I said, once you get the repetition and the pattern down and you figure out you know, how to use the cards and you also get um, upgradable weapons and armor as well. Yeah. Um, they, and you also really have to pay attention to what you grab because sometimes you can get stuff that's not as powerful as what's currently equipped. Yeah. So you, you really have to be mindful of what you pick up. Yeah, it's a you get loot too. Like, you know, you've got your... And you got uh, unlockable character classes. Like I've unlocked... Well, you start off with the, the warrior, basically just the warrior class, and they wear, of course, like, you know, plate mail and stuff like that. So when you're going around the loop as a... As a warrior, you're going to pick up, you know, better, uh, you know, a better sword or whatever weapon, you know, clubs and things like that, necklaces, um, chest plates, things of that nature. And then I've unlocked um, the Necromancer. And the Necromancer is awesome because you summon skeletons and 
uh, you know, crazy ghouls and stuff that fight for you. And it's so freaking fun to play as the necromancer. I haven't made it that far yet, but that sounds badass. It's so cool. I, and eventually I'm going to get a, a rogue type character, which I, I'm interested to play. But it, it's, I, I got to say, you know, I've said it before. And, and while he was making fun of me this morning, because he was like, isn't this like the third time you reviewed Loop Hero? I'm like, yes, Wally. But, you know, but the thing is, is like, if I would have played this game in 2021, this would have been my game of the year easily. Easily. That's saying a lot. It's so That's good. really saying a lot. So, you know, I had a couple bucks saved up on my uh, Nintendo account. Of course, I had my free $5 a month from GameStop. So I plopped down, you know, $15, $15 for this. And if I had actually paid the full $15 with actual money, you know, it would, I, it's totally worth the $15. Um, which if you're not doing the GameStop thing, you know, I don't know why you're not, because that's a free $5 every month, which is, that's just money you're leaving on the table right there. Yeah, it's, uh, so far, I would definitely say it is worth the the full price, because you could just play it for so long, and you, there's just always something to do. It's just like, it, it's, like you said, it's a never-ending game. And uh, I have come across a glitch in the game, though. Um, when you go under, once you start building up your town and stuff like that, and you start building resources uh, for your town, you can go under um, a supply tab, and you can actually take some of the stuff you find on your uh, journey. You can actually build stuff as well. Like the more stuff you put in your um, in your town, like you can get. Oh, one of the cool things that they have is like guard towers, and. I have a town, I have like three or four guard towers in my town now. So when I'm out on a loop and I'm fighting, the guard towers will shoot arrows at the enemies while I'm fighting them. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. But you can do things like um, you can set up a blacksmith shop and things like that. And you can start building things like that your town needs. And it's stuff like axes and, you know, cooking pots and pans and things like that. And this is stuff you actually find while you're out on the loop as well, but you take that stuff and then you, uh, kind of move it from your inventory into your, your supply for each, you know, little, um, you know, like housing section that you build or whatever. And, um, under the supply tab on some of them, when I try to move like an ax or a, um, a hammer from the supply in, into the, uh, the, the, the house or whatever, the game, throws up an error message and then immediately kicks me out of the game, which isn't that big a deal because the game saves like every two seconds. So I just go right back to where I was. It's not like I lose like hours of progress. It like it, I just get right back into the game where I was, but that's a weird glitch I've come across. That is weird. I, I remember you mentioning that I, I haven't come across any glitches yet, but I wonder if the developers know about that. I don't know, but I'm going to send them a tweet. But I know they were working on uh, something too uh, on the uh, this like the Steam version, the the PC version. You can actually um, pin your uh, some of the like uh, some of your loot, like your uh, you know the things you use, like your you know weapons and things like that. While you're out on the loop, you know how you have the little box where your weapons that you that you collect go into. 
And if you don't use stuff, like you keep collecting stuff, like whatever's on the bottom will just kind of drop out and you get rid of it. Well, if you want to pen something, you can on the PC version, but <laughs> the developer said they forgot to do it for the Nintendo Switch version and they're going to put that in in the next patch. I gotcha. Okay. So I like that's a really cool thing because like, sometimes there's weapons I'll get that I want to keep because uh, further in the game you get you get um, you can put up uh, little towns um, and you can put uh, out on the outskirts of the towns that you can put like uh, wheat fields or something like that and they spawn like um, uh, scarecrows but in the towns the town gives you a thir- when you're going around the loop the town will actually give you 30 per- when you pass through the town it'll give you a 30 percent uh, you know, boost to your health and give you life, but it also spawns um, thieves as well. And sometimes when you're fighting these thieves, they'll just take your weapon from you while you're fighting. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell happened to my weapon? So I got to <laughs> equip another weapon real quick. So yeah. that's why I, I like that would be really cool to be able to pin some weapons up at the very top. So if I run across some thieves, I won't have to worry about losing my weapon anymore. Yeah, you definitely don't want that. But yeah, I don't really have much more to say about the game. I mean, if you're into these type of you know card building, you know, uh, like a deck building sort of, uh, you know, like a role playing deck builder, you know, roguelike, it, it's it kind of smashes a bunch of different genres together, but it does it really, really well. And if you like that sort of um, just one more turn type of gameplay. Ugh, this game has got it in spades, man. Like, I just can't stop playing this thing. I'm definitely looking forward to playing it more now that I'm really starting to to dive into it because mm-hmm. I've learned what you mean by that. You know, I'll just do a little bit more <laughs> and then just keep going and going and going. So I've been looking for a game like that that I can just kind of jump right in and play. Yeah, and so... It- it's it's one of those games you can sit and, act and still like pl- watch TV while you're doing it. I mean, I know it sounds like there's a lot going on, but once you kind of figure out the the game, you can really just play it while you're doing something else, like watching a TV show. And until you get to the you know your middle parts where you're like, okay, well, I want to you know build up my town a little bit. But while you're out on the loop, it, you can kind of just play it. And just it kind of just plays itself, really. Yeah. But uh, no, you're right. But on a scale of ten, I got to give it give it a solid nine out of ten. Yeah, I would. From what I've played of it, I would give it probably a seven and a half to an eight. But I base that on the fact that I've haven't played it all that much. Yeah, I so think- it's tough for me to give a legitimate score. But it, it's I I like it. I'm not as into those styles of games as you are, but it is fun and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And if you're into the like old computer games and, and you know, like that, uh, the Amiga era of computer games, like uh, early PC uh, stuff like that, like this game is just, it, it reminds me of that era, like the old, you know, Sierra games and things like that. It just, it screams that era of gaming. Like you could tell the people that made this game, like want to harken back to that era of computer games. Yeah. But uh, I would agree with that. 
But yeah, I'm glad you finally got it, and I, I think after you play it for a while, you'll 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 bump up your score because I I think it's one of those games that it kind of just it just gets under your skin. Yeah, I would agree. But uh, but that's gonna be it for this week. Do you want to uh you want to tell the people about the Nerd Cave Retro panel, or you want me to tell them? Uh, yeah, I I can take it. Yep. So uh, Pensacon's coming up in just under a month. It's back in February. Uh, you know, last year it was pushed back to May due to COVID. Uh, it's going to be February 18th through the 20th in my backyard of Pensacola, Florida at the Bay Center. Um, and the cool thing about Pensacon, you know, longtime listeners know, but it's a convention that really the whole city gets behind, you know, like you'll have different themed restaurants, um, you know, this local seafood restaurant called the fish house they do a really awesome harry potter party every year and like you you walk in and you feel like you're at hogwarts yeah so <laughs> they just do all kinds of really cool stuff around town and this is probably going to be the most stacked lineup that pensacon has ever had which i'll get into in a second but jason and i will be doing a nerd cave retro panel it's going to be saturday february 19th from 5 to 6 p.m. in room two of the Bowden building. And I'm going to be posting uh, an event on Facebook later this week with the address and a little bit more information on it. It's for those who don't know where it is, it's in downtown right outside the historic district behind the TT Wentworth Museum. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's it's basically the same area that we did last year's panel. Yeah, it's not far from the, the main you know, con area. So no, yeah, it's, it's a, it, what, like half a mile, like it's within walking yeah. distance. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the cool thing is that a lot of the stuff that Pensacon does is within walking distance or they will have a trolley running. So if you don't yeah. want to drive, you can hop on the trolley and go between the base center and the different panel venues. Yeah, so. That's what we did last year. We just hopped the trolley everywhere. Yeah. No, that's, that's the way to do it. But yeah, that'll be February 19th, 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, come listen to me and Jason run our mouths about video games. Are, are we doing uh, Defending Bad the Movie this, this year, or are we, we skipping this year? We're, I, I decided to shelve it for this year because you know, I, I, it's been a lot of fun, but I noticed last year that we were starting to kind of rehash some of the movies that we had done before. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? We'll shelve it for a year and then we'll um, maybe bring it back for 2023. Sounds good to me. That's always but, one uh, of my favorite things to do every year is defending bad movies. See, I, I want to do it one year where we get someone else to moderate it. So I, I have oh. to be the one to defend <laughs> it. That way I don't get, you know, I don't get out of the argument. Yeah. Because there, there'll be one, there'll be some that I'll just sit here like. <laughs> like I'm not just not gonna say anything. It's hard to do sometimes. Like the year before, I had to do uh, defend the uh, the Star Wars holiday special. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I saw a shirt. It was either online or it might have been in the mall. It, it had a picture of Chewbacca and it said "Happy Life Day." <laughs> I kind of wanted to get it. Oh, it's uh, one of those it kitschy was... things. Yeah, but as far as Pensacon itself goes, like just let, let me try and sell you on it. Let me just list off a few of the names. Mm -hmm. We have Alex Winter from Bill and Ted, Amy Jo Johnson, the original Pink Power Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, Potsy and Ralph Mouth from Happy Days, 
both will be there. Mr. Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario himself. Chandler Riggs, a.k.a. Coral from The Walking Dead. Uh, David Yost, the original Blue Power Ranger. George Takei from Star Trek. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) For all you uh, classic wrestling fans, the Honky Tonk Man will be there. Uh, Mr. Rob Paulson, who is the voice of Pinky from uh, Pinky and the Brain, as well as Yakko from Animaniacs and the original Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you got something for everybody and and they're not paying us to say this, but you know, I I know we've both been supporters of Pensacon really since the beginning. So it'll be a fun year. Let's not forget Tom Adkins himself from Halloween three from from Halloween three. Yeah. I'm going to throw a six pack of Schlitz up on the counter and be like, (laughs) Hey, let's let's go on an adventure. (laughs) Uh, you should totally get your picture with him and send it to Joey. Oh, I will. I will. Trust me. <laughs> but uh, but what's going on with the uh, the feature press pod? Oh, uh, Wally just jumped in the chat room and said, "Who cares about Tom Atkins? You're banned. <laughs> Perm- perma banned from the chat room." <laughs> I I love that he jumped in just at the very end to I throw know. one one little. T- <laughs> Oh, man. You jerk. <laughs> you joik. Uh, that was funny. You and your, your jerk face <laughs> and your jerk comments. Uh, but yeah, for uh, for this week's uh, feature presentation, I do another top five list as voted on by the Patreon subscribers of that show. I list top five movies from the 1980s. Oh, I need to do my list. I, I also talk about... Um, well, I've already recorded the second. Oh, so damn! It's all, it's all. I recorded it yesterday, so damn I can it. get it out early for Patreon. Sorry, I had a long, no, all weird good. day yesterday. I, I didn't all, get anything it, done yesterday. No, it's all, it's all good. There, there'll be plenty of other top five lists. So, um, I also review the tragedy of Macbeth, which is a lot better than I expected it to be. As uh, your little tease for that, and I, I talk about the latest, you know, movie news, like the new Knives Out sequel coming out. Um, trailer from Moon Knight and a few other things as well. So a little more news heavy episode this week, but still a lot of fun. So you can check that out on uh, YouTube and most major podcast platforms. What what now? Wally says my Halloween sense was tingling. Uh, but if you want to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Feature Press Pod. Uh, go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it is a host-filled month with me and Jacob. Um, no guests this month because we are gearing up for a guest-filled February. Um, so we uh, the last episode we talked about um, the very weird night we had at the uh, the comedy competition in Mobile, and uh, where Jacob pretty much almost got. Uh, and a fight. Well, he pretty much did get in a fight, but ended it pretty quickly. Um, our buddy Krangus, who's a comedian, almost got in a fight. Just go listen to the show. It was it was insane that whole night. So go check out our last episode of Open Micers over at at Open Micers on Twitter and uh, Instagram and wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, anything else before we get out of here tonight? 
I can't really top you know Jacob and Krangus almost getting into a fight. So I, I think we're done. It was a rowdy mobile crowd, but you it sounds need to, like it. You'll have to go listen to the episode to find out the details. Yeah, I'll check it out this week. But uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro, Instagram, and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. You can go buy our merch at ncrmerch.com, where we got something new about to drop, and it has to do with Mr. Mr. Wiley Phelps himself and his catchphrase. So keep an eye out for that really, really soon. And uh, we're at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where as little as a dollar a month gets you those extra episodes. I just did a uh, Pop Culture Palette Rewind the other day that just dropped uh, exclusively for patrons. And, of course, we do the extra episode of the commentary tracks every single month. And, of course, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Chucker, eh?